Hello and welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm the host, Wyndham Lewis. I'm here with my brother, Jeremy Sartori, as a Brother, Brother podcast. And uh, today we are going to go track by track, uh, uh, um, some infighting, a uh, showdown between Radiohead's The Benz and OK Computer. And um, I, you know, I said to Jer before this, um, you know, we were going to do a, a, a thing where we each took a, took an album and, and kind of did, a, you know, fought over which one was the best. But the fact is, these are two of my favorite 10 albums of all time. So it seemed a little pointless, but I do think a track-by-track breakdown would be uh, would be kind of fun and in the spirit of competition, we'll pit them against each other. What do you think, Jer? Yeah, I love it. Uh, we've done this before, you know, just for anybody who hasn't, uh, you know, been through our archives. So, you know, we... Um, did New Order versus Joy Division, uh, Modern Rock Classics, Smashing Pumpkins, Siamese Dream versus Jane's Addiction, nothing shocking. And uh, again, to Wynn's point, um, usually we really love both albums, so end up sort of in a, in a tie. In a detente. Um, yeah, but the, um, you know, it's kind of like when and I joke around GBV, it's, you know, you sort of like have uh, a you know, best album A and, and best album like, you know, A minus or something. There's like one track that kind of puts one over the top, but not really because you could listen to both all day. So, um, yeah, let's tackle the, speaking of modern rock, uh, the modern rock classics, OK Computer and Benz. And uh, I think just, you know, kind of setting some context, uh, both of these albums are, are you know, I guess mid uh, 90, mid late 90s albums. Um, I think both at an interesting time in music where you have, you know, Wynn and I kind of both experienced with Radiohead in particular the MTV uh, sensation of Creep, uh, which we both really didn't like. And I still have never gone back to Pablo Honey. I almost did it for this pod and, and it was just like, eh, I'm, I'm like probably okay uh, not listening to that album. Um, but then also just kind of you know, a time where music criticism was still uh, very much important to the industry and MTV was still like a big player um, in the industry and also post Nirvana, um, you know, we have the likes of Oasis and and just kind of a shifting in in modern rock going on. Hip hop obviously becoming a a main kind of pop culture force as well. Yeah, this is sort of the, the ascent and pinnacle of Britpop. And uh, with OK Computer uh, frequently is, um, you know, is cited as the death knell of Britpop, um, you know, or this is hardcore by Pulp is the resignation of Britpop. But Britpop, you know, I, I, I never really think of it as the cultural force that it was. It really was sort of the dominant or, you know, at least uh, dominated my listening in the mid 90s. And um, I never thought of Radiohead as Britpop. I thought of them as a British band, um, but certainly not one that I would uh, lump in with, with all the other ones that were more celebratory uh, British and, you know, the sort of cruel, uh, cool Britannia movement um, with Tony Blair and, and Liam Gallagher and, and, the, and the rest of the gang, you know, sort of waving the Union Jack. I always thought of Radiohead as a very, um, you know, I think they'd be loath to a to admit this, but um, I always think of them as a very American British band. Yeah, no, I think you're right, and I think um, well, they have two things that kind of 
I think sound-wise in particular, they certainly were influenced by bands like Dinosaur Jr., Pixies, um, you know, and I think kind of held on to that a little longer than, you know, <laughs> you know, in England, as, as you know, and, and we're big fans of a lot of British music, obviously, you know, kind of go back and forth, especially in that time period, we're probably two dominant kind of world, you know, pop forces. Um, things just kind of go really quickly there, though, you know, it's a, it's a small population, and and the next big thing, you know, can be, it's a place where the Smiths become popular, and then, you know, to your point, Stone Roses, Blur, dance music, everything, but it's almost like everybody shifts with those movements, mm-hmm. where, you know, you've got, and especially at this time, where you didn't have as much access to cool music, I think in America, you tend to, like, it's like pockets, right? You had the Seattle grunge scene or, or, you know, kind of the Boston late eighties, um, you know, alternative rock scene or, you know, just different pockets of things. And yeah. it, it was regional Athens, Seattle. Yeah. DIY Minnesota. in a sense too. And a little more underground, I think, because the, um, we just didn't get the backing or the, or the popularity. It's a big country. There. Yeah, <laughs> it is actually. Um, but the other thing too is, um, I think, all right, I, I guess I would say there's always been like a dystopian aspect to Radiohead that, um, and we'll talk about this as we go into these albums because both of them sort of carry that on and I think they really found themselves with the bends. Um, but I think that's something that's kind of uniquely British in a, in a way too. Um, not that Americans can't be dystopian, but we have a, a false optimism um, mm-hmm. usually. A forced <laughs> so, optimism. Yeah, this yeah, is... Yeah, forced optimism. They're the Aldous Huxley of, of rock music. Um Definitely. So they, let's get it. You want to jump in? And, oh, sorry, I do. I didn't cut you off. No, I, just, I was just going to say, you're, I think you're absolutely right. But I do think there is a, um, you know, a, I think you're 100% right that the Benz is where Radiohead finds itself as a band. And then OK Computer is where they start tackling much broader subjects. Um, yep. So And it's a very transitional album, even though it is, you know, I think to many cited as their as their best but then it almost seems there's been a universal shift to to Lot and Kid A as as their greatest accomplishment so um you know that having been said let's yeah let's jump in yeah I mean I'm gonna give a little bit of we'll start with the bends if that's all right with you um and just a quick kind of overview I mean this album came out in 95 um came out actually I think first in England and then um, like a lot of things did back then, not uh, didn't come out at the same time, and then uh, I think three months later in America, and uh, and so was never a hit um, in America, and I don't I think was probably like uh, probably more of a hit in England, but not not it didn't top the charts by any means. And to your American point, um, it was recorded twice, I believe. Um, and the first mix they weren't happy with or the record label wasn't happy with and, and it went to our friends um, friends of the pod Sean Slade and Paul Q um, who you know have been on Sean's been on the pod and you know it, I think EMI actually wanted more of an American sound and, and uh, you know they, they were responsible for, for Pablo Honey and Creep and are not responsible but, but were part of that and so you know unfortunately it really didn't chart here i think it it you know only landed you know i think 88 on billboard at the time and then um you know didn't even really crack the the modern radio or college charts um but it's an album that like people went back to and i and i discovered it at end of year and i've I've probably said this a bunch on the pod just randomly watching some sunday morning music critic show and 
had written this band off completely. I was, it was my freshman year of college and, um, and universally, like, uh, you know, from all walks of life, so Rolling Stone, Spin Magazine, I think there was, like, you know, NME or something, and and, uh, and then, like, The Source or, you know, one of the hip-hop magazines, Critic Show, which would never happen today because nobody would care, um, all named it their best album of the year, and I was sort of like, huh. And the singles were, were rather strange. So um, that said, the album kicks off, and we'll go head-to-head. Uh, -head. And sorry, when, do you want to give a little background on OK Computer, too, or do you want to... Well, I, I think, um, you know, OK Computer uh, recorded or, or released in 97. Uh, Lucky uh, was a single uh, that had been recorded in 95, but largely uh, recorded after they had toured extensively on, on the Benz. And um, OK Computer was a real departure where I think the Benz was very, you know, um, was about the sort of anxieties of you know personal anxieties and and um you know the ex exploration of self uh okay computer was a much broader exploration of the world even the title um okay computer i mean we're talking about the the dawn of the internet age and the paranoia around um privacy and and uh you know fundamental things um you know the structure of the world um, yeah, it was a fast-moving time. I mean, it really it was, was. ninety, and you you think about Kid A being sort of the Y two K album. This is just before that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Where I think you know the Benz is very personal. I think uh, OK Computer is very philosophical um, and and sort of more sociological in its examinations. But um, both both albums kick off with a with a song that is kind of you know eases you into the entry um you know the both are kind of slower tempo um big production but planet telex opens the bends and airbag opens okay computer um what are your thoughts on those yeah two? both are kind of traditional rockers i think the one thing that that you know i'll talk about planet telex here opens up bends. The one thing is, is, you know, initially you kind of hear the guitars come in and you're thinking, you know, it could be like an Oasis style song or just kind of a regular rock song, but the melody, and this is where I think Tom York, I, I'm going to say that the bends is where Tom York, I feel like finds himself. And, um, you know, later on would go on to say like, got kind of sick of his voice and, and just like Eddie Vedder, I think there was a million copycats such as Travis and, you know, others that could, could sort of hit those notes, but in a, in a much, um, much more commercial and, and, and kind of annoying way. But at this time, I think it's where he had real confidence in his voice. And so Planet Telex, I think, is, is a really good song. And um, turns out, like, it's really carried by Tom York because the rest of it's fairly traditional. But the, the melody and the chorus of that song and, and lyrically, you know, everything is broken. And, you know, you kind of get this, this the beginning of that kind of personal inward thinking as you were saying um where airbag to me i actually am going to give kind of a little bit of a slight edge and i just really love the ramshackleness of that song like it's a little messier which is uh something that i always appreciate yeah it's dense both songs are dense productions yep. both songs are soaring vocals um and you know i think over the course of time, I've, I've kind of forgotten them because I've played both albums in their entirety so many times, and obviously the first few very recognizable seconds of each song 
uh, you know, means the album's on the way. <laughs> that seems like yeah. a really simple, you know, sort of almost, you know, idiotic thing to say, but it, it kind of, you know, uh, to me, this is hanging out uh, with friends somewhere, and this album goes on. And this is, again, this is back when CDs reigned. This is pre, you know, MP3, pre, you know, per, quite a while before I got uh, into the habit of listening to music um, through streaming. Oh, know, yeah, there is, was no iPod. This is 10, ten was, years before the iPod. <laughs> so there was no, yeah. you know, there was no shuffle. Um, so, you know, the, the sequencing of records is, it was very, very important and very etched in stone. And, um, again, both times this is like, you know, it's like Pavlovian, um, you throw the the album on and, and, you know, you hear these two songs and frankly, I say they're reasonably evenly matched. Um, and I wouldn't call this the heavyweight championship on either album. Um, no, this is this is the opening featherweight match before you. Yeah, uh, this is the undercard, yeah. but it's it's good because yeah. you need a little setup time. I think you know, in in terms of sequencing, you know, we talked about the and we'll talk about this a lot later. Um, you know, you you kind of do because some of these songs are so big and so powerful that you kind of need to set them up and let them land. Yep. And I, I like your your kind of thing about like a, a room full of people. I feel like uh, this is when the conversation's still like louder than the music, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you have people over, and then you know, you kind of can catch the the chorus of both or the. I actually have um, recently purchased OK Computer on vinyl, and, and probably will get the Ben soon too, just because they're fun to listen to, start to finish. To your point, and that's always interesting too when you when you have to actually flip a side. But anyways, we'll get into that. So Planet Telix. And and you would put the edge to what we're we gonna say. Ah, uh, I'm gonna go airbag. Yeah, so I think you know we both kind of I gave you one there. Um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna you know fight a little harder on the next one, but second track. Good luck. Is the bends? Yeah, I know I'm screwed. I was half joking there, but um, but I do really love this song. <laughs> and I do again, too. you kind of like you know the bends kind of opens up. Um, with two sort of, like I said, straight ahead kind of quote unquote at the time still called alternative or, or rock modern songs. rock. Yeah, rock songs. And the Benz, again, is, is one that like, I saw Radiohead Live, I guess, uh, you know, 2019 maybe. Um, and it was just like they closed with this song and it, I'd just forgotten how great pop rock song this is. And, uh, you know, how easy it is to, to tie in the joking lyric my baby wears depends but like it's um it's just a great fucking track and i think initially i didn't love it you know it seemed a little like on the nose and, and kind of um sing-songy and just kind of standard but the more i've aged with this track it, it's really good unfortunately it's it's probably gonna get tko'd here um first round but um Go for uh, OK Computer there, and your take on the bends. It's all right because the you know the this is like a heavyweight double bill. Um, yeah, uh, the bends is one of my favorite songs by Radiohead. The guitars are huge, <laughs> and you know I think that's what uh, Sean Slade and and Coldery were were famous for is is fitting you know a metric tons of guitars on on tracks that you know hadn't been done before, you know, really hadn't been done before. Um, that said, Paranoid Android, 
Uh, the first time I ever heard that, it was just kind of mind-blowing. And it also, uh, you know, such a departure um, in terms of, uh, you know, sticking it to the, the man because, you know, you can, you can hear the, uh, you know, the argument in the conference room. You're not going to, yeah. you know, you're not going to release a six-and-a-half-minute freak out as uh, your lead single. And uh, the answer to that was, the fuck we're not. Um, it's one of the most interesting songs, or I think any huge rock band has ever put out. It's and, ever been uh, a hit. Just to set, yeah, to set context for anyone who who was a little younger at the time. Um, you know, I, I was living with roommates at the time who were all kind of into music, and it was like an MTV video, right? Like Radiohead world premiere. You know, you had things like that, and and you know, we still actually tuned in for shit. And I just remember being like whoa, 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 this is fucking awesome. Like, what? Like, there's three songs in one here, you know, and they're all good, and they're all interesting, and, um, you know, once you kind of dig into the lyrics, they're fucking great and weird and, and unsettling. So, yeah, I mean, I think um, where the Benz really was kind of uh, almost like a great, and you know, I, I, I like you too, so this isn't an insult in my mind, um, you know, great U2 song off of Joshua Tree or something, right? Or, or you Octung. know, Anth- Anth- yeah, Octung Baby, probably Octung Baby, better better example. Um, you've got a song that's kind of reaching for the rafters, is is totally legit and interesting and great um, pop song that rocks. And then you've got, to your point, this freak out that just works. It's yeah. really hard to do. Yeah, the guitar at the end is like what, you know, what just takes it over the top. It's It's one of the craziest you know, guitar solos and, you know, meanest, boldest guitar sounds, um, you know, ever captured. And I think, um, yeah, Paranoid Android, weird song. I mean, the only thing I can equate it to is like, you know, and it's this is a comparison that's been made a million times, but Bohemian Rhapsody, when it came out, you know, I was five years old, but, you know, my sister, or our sister Sarah, and I would be in the back of the car going like, I love the opera song, I love the opera song. <laughs> And, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I can only imagine what you know, kids, they heard Paranoid Android. But uh, for me, I was living in New York City. Yeah, no, no wonder they have no faith in society. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, yeah but I, I, I was living in New York and it just, you know, it was all I was listening to. Yeah, I agree. And um, sorry to kind of talk about it a, a little overdrive here, but it, it is kind of like an important song. But I think the length, too, is just kind of weird and... and um, I think strangely, like both albums, um, you really kind of like Tom York, certainly directionally, I I think is the captain of the ship, but Johnny Greenwood, you know, musically obviously is as well. And I think, uh, Paranoid Android shows like just the diversity of that guy where like, yeah, I can, I can make any sounds you want to get out of your like, you know, dystopic head. So let's do it. Um, yeah, I think, so too, cool. the one thing that I would, you know, bring up, and, and we won't talk too much about the future of Radiohead while we're living in the past, but um, it is pretty funny that, uh, you know, after Paranoid Android, they kind of put their guitars away. I think they were like, okay, we we, we, uh, we summited Everest, and, and now uh, let's go reinvent some shit. Yeah, and, and just to plug that so we, we won't go further into Kid A, which is, I think, a lot of people's kind of actually turn-on point, too, weirdly. Um, there's a book that just came out. Is it Steve Hyden? Yeah, Steve right? Hyden. The, yeah, yeah, and so and there's also a good sound opinions with him on it, and uh, 
I think he had one take that I'm just going to steal here and, and, and plug for a minute, is that Radiohead consistently hates themselves <laughs> in the way they well, sound. British. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And ends up kind of going in a direction where they want to just completely, like, you know, it's sort of like the, the pretty girl making themselves ugly or the handsome guy who, who can't you know, look himself in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and then ends up sort of going back to sounding like themselves. And you know, and he even kind of points that out in Kid A, like they were sort of obsessed with Aphex Twin and stuff like that and wanted to sound like that stuff, but just didn't. And they ended up making like a Radiohead version of it, you know? Um, but anyways, I'm going to fight back here because the next song is, is one of my favorite Radiohead songs ever. And I think really where Tom York... Um, but I think the song, both musically and uh, and kind of um, and 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 lyrically, um, it like I think can speak to a feeling we all have, which is like emptiness at times. And I don't know something about high and dry. Like it's a great acoustic riff. It's got great guitar over it. Again, visually back then, I think still one of the best music videos ever made um and it just to kind of talk about the music video for a minute is that michelle gondry we post i don't know who directed it um but it's the one with the businessman lying on the sidewalk and people just walking by on their way to work being like get up and it's like no i don't want to you know and oh that one yeah uh, yeah sorry i was thinking of oh my god like that video yeah that's the one in the supermarket both songs actually eerily have the same feel and are and are back to back we'll talk big about trees in a minute so this was the second single off the album and um, in America. And like, I don't know, like the, the lyrics just, you know, riding along motorcycle, da, da, da. You know, it's just such a fucking great tra- track. So this song to me kind of nailed, um, this is where I was like, oh my God, this band's like really different than, than what's kind of popular right now and what's, um, what's sort of Indian. It also was the song that uh, this and Fake Plastic Trees, which we'll talk about in a minute, that kind of made me think like, oh, this is why critics are like, this is the best album of the year. Like, it's just a, it's a really great tune. Um, and yeah, like I said, it sets a mood that I've felt multiple times throughout my life. I think it's a, it's a de- sort of a depressing mood, but at the same time, there's a beauty to it. And his, his voice really soars through this track. Yeah, track three on... Um, subterranean homesick alien. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, um, there are there are songs that are so big that they need to land. And uh, I like yeah. sub, uh, Subterranean Homesick Alien. Um, but it is, you know, it's sort of the um, the coda to Paranoid Android. It's, it's kind of like, okay, everybody take a deep breath. And whereas High and Dry is the ascension... Um, I think, I mean, the Benz is such a big, you know, muscular song and then high and dry is such a a sort of nakedly, uh, vulnerable song. And, um, you know, it is, I think it, you know, it absolutely, um, you know, soars on, on Tommy York's vocal. It's, um, it's actually got a pretty big, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of muscle in, in the music, surprisingly, because it's such a. Um, delicate. It's a rocker. Uh, yeah. I mean, like a, 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 like a slow burn rocker. It is, but it, it you sense. know, I, mean, I think of it as being ethereal, but it's really pretty uh, beefy, um, for lack of a better term. And um, that, 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 the reason I think it's ethereal is because the, the vocal is so beautiful. 
Yeah, it's, it's a song you cannot sing along to unless you can hit some really high notes. You still do it, um, but you're But you're you still, still do it. it, yep. And it's a song, too, that you can kind of, like, you know, I fiddle around on guitar, like, I can kind of learn it, too. You know what I mean? It's not overly complicated by any means. But I, I think I'm going to just, like, go ahead and, and arrogantly say I, I take this round with a punchback, uh, with a, oh, with a left jab before the bell. Yeah. Do you want to, um, should we do a... Uh, um, what, how many songs before we, we let Damien squeeze in a track? For I think we'll do it now. Take a quick break and we'll come back. Okay. We'll do high and dry, Damien. next track on OK Computer is exit music for a film. And that's exactly what it was. It was exit music for a film. Um, and, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it truly was. It was written for Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Um, they soundtracked, I believe, the, the last 30 minutes of the, of the movie. Um, a movie I have to admit I've never seen uh, because I was... 24 and living in New York and um, and was probably either too busy or too cool to go see it. But um, anyway, it, exit music, um, again, a sort of, um, it's a great track, It um, but it is another downshift um, after Paranoid Android and Subterranean Homesick Alien. I think Paranoid Android, so, you know, in my, in my, uh, half-assed theory that that giant songs need to land um sequentially uh i think paranoid android was so galactically huge that it needed two songs to land and exit music for a film is is a great composition um and it fits beautifully in the album but not exactly something you you know you sing along to and um, not that that's the criteria. And it's also going against fake plastic trees. So this is two knockouts in a row for you. All of a sudden you think you're Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully not Buster Douglas. I, um, I definitely think it's funny, as you say, the sequence thing, because I think they, they're really good at sequencing both albums. And I think you're right. Like Because Paranoid Android is three songs, <laughs> they needed two to kind of 
hit the runway stretch there. And um, it's like a two day. I think they both. As- yeah, and I think they both ascend in different ways. Like um, Ben starts with like bangers that are are good, really good, and then kind of almost like takes off into a different stratosphere. It's that sort of uh, space that I believe uh, you know uh, Be- Bezos just went to, sort of the the gravity free zone on the next two, and and fake plastic trees is is one of those. I I think this song like you know like Blur said at the time, modern life is rubbish. Is like just it's it's. Radiohead's best kind of like take at that and where Blur could be cheeky and fun, uh, Radiohead just can't. (laughs) So it's, you know, aptly, uh, sorry, I don't remember the director you just mentioned, but, you know, Tom York stuck in a shopping cart being rolled around. And this was the first song I heard. And this is how like self-consciously like, um, you know, cool, cool was very important at at age 19 or 20 when, when this came out for me. Because I felt like Creep was sort of like cheesy and, you know, I had to keep my cool stripes on and be like, I hate that song. I remember being sort of like, I really fucking like this song <laughs> like, and and wanted, you know, to be like, I think Fight I like Radiohead. You know, it sounds ridiculous now, right? Because they're probably one of the coolest bands on the planet, if not, you know, the... And uh, But I just, yeah, I just kind of was like, I don't know, this slow, sad stroll through modern life um where you come back just tired you know um it's just a fucking beautiful song and, and you know it's a song that like i've heard you know people like phoebe bridges cover i mean it's just a song that i think is going to be a classic forever and um and there's just something about it like i don't think anybody can hear the song and not sort of melancholy you know it's got one of those classic i hate to say classic rock but it really does have that that sort of it's it's you know, Neil Young or to me or, you know, something like that where it's, it's just going to be forever a classic and, and um, it's beautiful. It's uh, well-written. It hits those high voice notes. And again, I think Tom York really finds himself on this song where it's, it's kind of just an, and he's enabling himself to like not be self-conscious and not be cool and be himself and, and he nails it. Yeah, this is the, um, you know, this was the, the, point at which he becomes fully confident in his own abilities as a singer and a songwriter I think um and they yeah, are and, it, go ahead uh sorry and I, I'm jumping on you here and I apologize but like I, I have you on the ropes and I want to fucking get as many in as I can before we move on <laughs> but like um you know I mean just to be sort of like you know uh I guess inappropriate, but like Tom York is a weird looking dude. Right. And this is a time where, where looks matter and pop star qualities matter. And, you know, you've got somebody with a lazy eye, um, who's, who's kind of, you know, not really your typical rock star, right. In a sense, like, I think he really, uh, had trouble. I mean, obviously he's talked about it and, and it's just something that he, he didn't come naturally to him. And I think this is where he's okay with that. You know, mm-hmm. um, this is where he paints himself. This plastic is where he... watering can, well, no, but this you is know, where he like... he cements himself as an outlier. I think this is where he embraces yeah. it. Um, where he, you know, it, this is you know this is his persona, and it's not. I'm like you said, cute and cheeky, um, and everybody loves me, like Damon Albarn or Alex James, for that matter. Um, you know, pinup boy from Blur, and uh, you know the whole band was kind of mopey and distant and uh you know it's funny because the you know the the rest of the guys in the band are you know fairly you know uh 
standard looking English guys. Um, yeah. And, uh, sort of you know, you've got, you've got mopey front man and mopey guitar player. Um, but the funny yeah. thing, too, is that, you know, I saw them live, um, I think for the first time in like 90, in the, in the late 90s. And um, I was shocked at how uh, manic and performative Tom York is on stage. That was what was fun oh about God, it. Yeah. You know, it, it sort of played counter to the persona that I was expecting I was expecting um you know a singer uh front man yeah. and you know he's a multi-instrumentalist he is um he's a whirling dervish on stage and I just wasn't expecting that um but fake plastic trees um and uh high and dry are uh are the Tommy York coming out party Definitely, and I think there's very few songs that just, like I said, and I don't mean melancholy in the sense that I'm listening to, like, you know, uh, There's a Light That Never Goes Out by the Smiths and sort of want to be alone. To live More to like fly. I want to share in the sadness. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, I want to take just my sadness like on a tour. Yeah, it's a song that, like, makes me want to cry and, and enjoy every time I hear it. Um, so, Casey yeah, Musgrave said, finally, happy and sad at the same time. Yep, love it. Um, so yeah, I, I've, I've got a couple like uh, body shots here, and let's uh, let's move on. Well, speaking of body shots, your next song is Bones. <laughs> and yeah, my, and um, do you want me to go, or do you want to? Yeah, go for it. Bones is great. Into, Bones right, is a yeah. great song. It's it was it, it was song. the one too where I remember when I first started listening to the Bends. I was like, wait, there's another banger right in a row? Like, this is a, this is a, you know, this is a murderer's row of songs. And, and it's well, only- the, the middle of this, I was just going to say, the middle of this album is just really strong. And, and um, <clears throat> yeah, I think, again, like, unfortunately, I'm going to say, like, I'm putting out a lot of energy in the middle here, and you've got, you've got a couple, like, uh, you're, you've got a couple knockout punches just sort of waiting to land. But, um, but I think... Bones is, is like a big tremolo riff, uh, really good lyrics. And again, like, you know, just like you said, sort of, um, I don't know, like there's something hip about it. I, I just love this song. It's a really great song after two beautiful slow songs. It's a soaring chorus, too. Yeah, the chorus uh, is the best part. It's another song, and I think that's the thing about the the big songs here is that, and, you know, we're going to get into kind of crescendos on, on uh, that song off of a computer, but it's a song that like, it again, like kind of tricks you, right? When it hits the chorus, you're sort of like, Oh my God, this is, that's where it's like, this is, this is a brilliant song um, because it sort of starts in, in kind of a, a, a space that that's again, is kind of familiar. Well, I, I, uh, you know, I love bones and I, I know that it was the, it was the first song that, um, that, was that you know sort of the John Lecky version of this um, mix was remixed by uh, by uh, Slade and Coldery, um, and you know they were having Lecky who was a, a Abbey Road um, and actually worked I believe with the Beatles post uh, on everything post White album, um, you know he he produced uh, the Bends and but was having difficulty mixing it, taking a while, and, and those guys came in and, and kind of locked in and, and knew how it should sound. But uh, I think Bones is a fantastic song, but it's up against Let Down, which is, 
as good as any Radiohead song ever. And again, it doesn't build toward a chorus. It is um, great from the opening um, chimes, Guitar I guess. Guitar note. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> it doesn't build as a chorus. It just fucking builds. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it oh my God, like, where am I? You're, you're in the heavens by the end, you know, or, or the hell, who knows. But like... Um, well, we've always... T- we've, you and I have always talked about... You know, a sort of, and it's always been very difficult to articulate, um, but the sound of, of somebody being exhausted by something. And, you yeah. know, it's, it's all of, um, it's what makes Exile on Main Street a great album. The sound of my life. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's what makes The Meadowlands by the Wrens a great album. Um, right. It's exasperation, it's exhaustion, and it's, you know, to a degree, disappointment. Um, there, you know, even um, as recently as it's like that Amen Dunes album, Freedom, I think has a, is yep. a great. It's like there's something pent Super up. Super good example, yeah. And and you know, weary in in the delivery. There's something about like an optimistic outlook to the world by nature, just being kind of disappointed by the reality or something. Yeah. You know, of of who and what people are, and, and you know, and, and I don't even you know. I don't know, I don't mean to sound like so kind of dystopic, but it really does. It kind of captures kind of like a, am I the only one seeing this, you know, <laughs> feel? Um, and I think let down, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, for the sake of the boxing match here, it's like just kind of like, oh, wow, you know, the Benz has really kind of got, okay, computer on the ropes and then you just kind of come back with that one hit that dazes the other person you know and yeah and, uh, it's the, it's and the I love puncher's song. chance <laughs> yeah it's like I just um, I was listening to the album yesterday I listened to both back to back which is never a chore and uh, yeah it, by the end you're just kind of like climbing a, a, a staircase almost to something you know it's just the build on the song is I think I said texted you yesterday it just soars it's like holy shit like where are you going mm-hmm. um without being in, in your face without being loud without being even lyrically it's, it's they're great lyrics and they're and they're just kind of like you said kind of just like uh, exhausted while being beautiful so mm-hmm. both both uh both songs nailed that but uh, you definitely take that around with 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 that song. Well, I also, I think, you know, just one more comment, which is that I have never understood why Let Down wasn't a uh, single. Um, I agree. Yeah. It's it's kind of like, you know, we used to complain all the time about our some of our favorite bands releasing weird singles because we wanted other people to like them. Yeah. I think the Pixies being, you know, number one offender where, you know, as much as now I love Monkey Gone to Heaven, I was just like, uh, here comes your man, not your first single or... You know, the replacements, the ledge versus, you know, mm-hmm. can't hardly wait or something. Um, but it's, it's yeah, it's just, I, I'm just grateful for that song. <laughs> and um, uh, having seen them live, like I said, in 2019, and for some reason having missed them most of my adult life. Weirdly, when I they were touring a lot, I was living in Austin, and Austin was kind of a skip-over spot at that point. Like, people would go to Houston and Dallas because it was that weird in-between, and Austin just didn't have a, a venue oh. for that size band. But yeah, anyways... You got two here because um, we're going to follow it up with Nice Dream, which is a, a, a good, nice song. I, it flows perfectly in this I love album. the arrangement not, on it. Yeah, I'm not at all knocking it. it there's not a bad track, you know, on, on either, well, either. But it's, um, yeah, I, I could skip it, you know. I'm just going to say it. It's like, 
And it goes up against Karma Police, good. which is, um, yeah, exactly. you know, which was a really surprisingly like an, a big hit. Um, and uh, uh, I, I was shocked because yeah. it's a very off-kilter song. Um, but I guess at its heart, it's really not. It's a, it's a, I think it's lyrically uh, one of the more sort of um, literal, uh, even though, yep. I mean, it's, you know, the very thought of Karma Police is, is you know, fantastical. But um, it's pretty visceral lyrically. It's, um, it's pretty brutal and violent. And um, it's, uh, you know, and the opposite of Nice Dream, which is, you know, kind of an ethereal, like, string arrangement and, a, you know, kind of, a, you know, going back to the Abbey Road thing, it's kind of an Abbey Road kind of sounding record. Um, yeah. But uh, Karma Police, again, I've heard it a billion times. Um, and I think it always works better in the context of this album, um, than it did as a single. I was, I always thought let down should have been the single and, um, but who am I, you know, I guess I'm not making the decisions that, uh, I think there's many things that we, uh, like that probably other people make better decisions around for popularity purposes. But, um, again, I'm going to go back to visuals here because the video again, so they've made two, probably my favorite videos ever. So we had talked about, um, High and Dry, and then, um, and actually I mixed up those videos, by the way, I apologize, I think Just is the one that I was talking about, which will be coming up, but um, either way. That's the one with the, I believe uh, Just is the one where the guy's running and being chased by the car in a tunnel. No, no, that's Karma Police. Oh, it is? And so, yeah, so that video have... fits, yeah, and I think because you probably were in New York City, not watching, watching a lot of, a lot of TV. television. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and and I was living with you know other twenty year olds watching you, TV. You weren't watching the box anymore. <laughs> no, exactly. And the video, yeah, is literally you know kind of a dystopic thing of a, a headlights, you know, and Tom York in a car singing and what running, you know, the entire song. And, and you know anybody who hasn't heard the song, which I doubtful is is anyone listening to our pod, but you know it's just a piano driven song that kind of builds and builds and ends with a crescendo that it's your kind of point of not being a hit like that's that's part gets everybody even if you you know are kind of like yeah this is nice you know and then it's just that like you know we'll play yeah, it here at the break but like for it's you know for a minute there i lost myself um yeah it's, it's kind of every time that song starts i go oh man i've heard this a billion times and every yeah. time by the end of it my hair is on end Totally, and that's that's it. I mean, that's like the fake plastic trees feeling for me, like the the spine tingle that the, that ending gives you, and in the video, just for those who haven't seen it, um, you know, this the whole thing is this kind of headlights of this guy running down a road, you know, sort of secret police style, chasing some sort of uh, you know free thinker, and he turns around and then lights a match, and the car is has to go in reverse because he's obviously been leaving a trail of gasoline the whole time or something. Um, you know, which it was brilliant know, that sounds even interesting, but it was fucking amazing. So, um, and then Tommy works at the end is sort of stuck in the car. I don't know. It, it's great. And like at a time where visuals still mattered, videos were kind of unique or could be, you know, unique if, if they wanted to be. I think it was um, actually the height of spending on videos. I mean, this is, this is 90. Yeah. These are movies, right? Yeah. Like, and, and, uh, and yeah. So anyways, you definitely like, uh, if we if we switch over to MM is it MMA mixed martial arts, mm-hmm. um, you know that's a leg shot where the guy like you know goes out or something. It's mm-hmm. a it's a great mixed song. Metaphors. Definitely, <laughs> MMA is for mixed metaphor. Um, 
That's a that's a Andre the Giant <laughs> top rope yeah. um, over nice dream. <laughs> yeah. So, it, anyways, kind of dominant, <laughs> but yeah, it is funny now that I, I it's you, you think about that song and it is it builds, but it, another song that just rips live because it just it's yeah. so impactful and the sound you know. You're talking about math, you know. You're talking about piano that sounds bigger than guitars. It's crazy. Yep. And I'm gonna guess, and I've only seen Radiohead once, unfortunately. I'm gonna guess that is a song that's played at every Radiohead show. I would imagine. So anyway. So uh, uh, I'm Andy, gonna. Why don't you take us out if you can with the? Oh, sorry. Did you want to put no, that no, on? No, no. Go, uh, go out with the uh, crescendo of um, you know where the final crescendo of Karma Police starts up. I was gonna say the exact same thing. Thank you, Damien. This is what you'll get This is what you'll get back to the brother 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 pod and uh it's win and i and we're, we're kind of going back in the way back machine as, as win likes to say and um we're doing a, a face-off between the bends and just or sorry the bends and just the next song is just that we're going to talk about um the bends and okay computer by radiohead you know uh, sort of the classic rock of indie rock dumb for for us these two albums um yeah, and, and like after a nice dream, which uh, you know we took a little breather on the bends, we come back with just, which again is uh, you do it to yourself. One of my favorite lyrics and uh, one of the most ripping songs I think Radiohead's ever done. Fucking love it. One of the rip- most ripping songs anyone's ever done. Um, yeah, I think the guitars on that are are just insane. And Piercing. The yeah. first, you know, the first song I really fell in love with on that album. Um, you know that. Where I would go back, you know, in my uh, in my CD player and, and hit uh, you know hit reverse one track um, and play just over and over again. Weirdly, again, um, my iron lung was the first uh, single I believe off off the bends. Yes, and, and uh, I don't. The trees was the second. Yeah, I'm not sure. Just was a uh, uh, single. It was a single. It was. It was. Yep. Yeah. High okay. dry. My iron lung. 
I think uh, Black Star and, and or no, sorry, Street Spirit and sorry. Anyway, I will go on, but Street Spirit and my big plastic trees. They tried to make that album pretty big, just didn't work. Yeah, yeah, they did push it. Um, and I'm gonna just forfeit because my the number seven track on uh, OK Computer is Fitter yeah. Happier, which is um, that's fun. You know, like I a lot of spoken like word stuff, it is. Um, you know, yeah, it it definitely. Um, a lot of people would wish, I think, wish it was clipped from the album. I'm not one of those people. I think it sets a table. I think no, it sets it a mood. I think it, um, in the, you know, in the sense of having been there and, and listened to it when it came out a lot, it, it was futuristic and, you know, um, dystopian, a word that we're overusing today. But it also is up against Just, which is... Uh, just you know, better. <laughs> just a killer fucking rock and roll track. And I think actually, yes. you know, that and the Benz are really the, you know, the sort of throwback guitar songs on this, on this album. Yeah, definitely. I think they're both. And I was going to say, actually, just is taking the feeling of, um, say, fake plastic trees and, um, and high and dry and putting them to like the Benz guitars. Right. I mean, it, it, it's even got a cooler kind of guitar riff and things like that than the Benz, but more interesting at least, but yeah, it, it's also a feeling again that they capture with, you know, an in your face kind of guitar sound. So it, it's a fucking killer track and it stomps all over, um, fitter, fitter. happier. Although happier. I agree with you hundred percent. I don't want to take fitter happier off and having grown up in the speak and spell era, <laughs> I didn't know you could like make an entire song out of using speaking spell, but I'm glad yeah. you can. It was uh, Stephen Hawking on guest vocals. Um, <laughs> so moving on to number, hard at that. <laughs> number eight uh, is My Iron Lung uh, versus Electioneering. And uh, My Iron Lung, uh, again, first single off the album. Um, I'm not 100% sure why. Uh, but I like the song an awful lot, and it's grown. It grew on me over the years. Um, I agree. Um, An election hearing is on OK Computer, which I think is the most Benzy sounding or retro uh, Radiohead sounding. Yeah, I was track just gonna say, can we call these like just almost even? Because it's it's a. I feel like they're both. It's having listened to them yesterday. I feel like they're kind of both hit. They're both hit at the same time on the album, which is interesting. And they're both, to your point, like, kind of good. I mean, they're not kind of good. They're both good, you know? Yeah. I actually think I would take my iron lung over electioneering. I would, too. Electioneering doesn't really have anything that stands out, except for that it's a, it's a good, solid... It's a rock. Thick it's a rock. rock song. Yeah. Yeah. And I think my iron lung actually has some single qualities, probably why it was a single. I don't at all think it's the best track or the, or the should have been number one single off the album, but... But I get it, you know? Yeah, I guess it was a hedged bet. You know, I, I imagine there was a lot of uh, muscle behind putting out uh, the Benz are just, and then there was probably an opposing camp that was in the fake plastic trees high and dry um, yeah. camp. Um, I'm making up conflict in executive boardrooms that very yeah, well, possibly we never existed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when I was interning at PBS, uh, you know, throwing my <laughs> weight around in, in uh, Manhattan. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would go my iron lung over electioneering, and I'm not really keeping score. No, I'm not either, but I think we can probably uh, figure it out at the end here. Um, and we're always so good at counting. So, um, all right, so do you, do you want to jump on then from those two? Yeah, I, the, the number nine right. track on on 
the Benz is bulletproof. I wish I was. And the number nine track on OK Computer is climbing up the walls. Yeah. Um, climbing up the walls is probably my least favorite song on uh, the album. It's just, it's okay. You know, like I like it. I don't, I, I don't know. I could take or leave it. Um, bulletproof, I, I, I like a lot. And, and uh, I think I'd take another one there. Yeah, I would say in both cases, um, you are setting the table for a much bigger, better song again. Yep. Yep. And so and let's I move agree. on and to. I think, uh, <laughs> let's move on to those bigger, better songs. Yeah, because this is a this is a this is a heavyweight bout that nobody saw coming. This is like two no. underdogs that you know that are in the gold medal round. Because I think, I think probably over the you know, so I've I've now spent. Is it not close to 20? I guess it's 25 years since the Benz came out. Or no, 27 years since yeah. the Benz came out. Not very good at math. Uh, 94, 95, I can't remember. 95, yeah. I think, yeah. So it's been a while. Yeah, it was the year I got married. Um, and so, you know, in my time with both of these albums, my favorite song has has landed on almost every track, uh, save for Climbing yeah. the Walls and, and uh, Bulletproof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, my favorite song on the bends right now is black star black star is beautiful it's yeah. um it's like a depressing love song uh that it just yeah i agree and it's a song that um I, I, sorry uh, it kind of matched up sound that with... i just made but it um it, it totally to your point though like it, it's totally kind of like i've i've got I've matured almost and gone to it is that it sound bad you know what i mean like but yeah. as an older listener this I'm is like, your oh, aarp yeah. Like, uh, um yeah exactly like i probably audition tape. didn't love this song back in 95 right and now i mean didn't dislike it but that doesn't mean the same thing to, as it does today and, and i agree it's a fucking fantastic track it's it's one of those ones where i always loved the song and you know I, I think I frequently went, oh, yeah, this one. Um, yeah. And then I probably didn't know the title of it forever. I, you know, I just always, you know, it was kind of the Blame It on the Satellites song. Um, and, uh, but it goes up against No Surprises, which is yeah. mm, way up in the higher reaches of great Radiohead songs. So, it, it's, again, it's really kind of fun to look at these side by side because they kind of follow a similar trajectory too. And, and uh, I think Ben's, if I'm going to say, is more consistent, right, sound-wise, mm-hmm. where obviously there's experimentation on OK Computer, you know, and, and I hate Pink Floyd and, and we hate Pink Floyd together as, as blood relatives. Um, but I get kind of like Pink or, you know, I don't You get like the comparisons. It, I, I, yeah, like OK Computer being the dark side of the moon, right? I mean, it's just sort of like... Um, just that that being kind of like dystopia and and big and and you know somebody who spends some time in a studio, but weirdly they fall that same kind of like they have these peaks and valleys and and the valleys aren't low by any means but they're like it's almost like you need a breather I think you, you kind of nailed it like after big songs you kind of come off and then you come back and um, and yeah no surprises is, is just a, a again sort of like letdown it, it takes a black star to the next level. Does that sound yeah. right? I think, you know, yeah. my, my analogy would be that, you know, in cheerleading, someone has to be at the base. <laughs> and someone gets to do the, you know, triple flip off the top. 
and yeah, um, someone has a thumb up their butt up top, and yeah, there, there's a uh, there's a there's a <laughs> you know there's a support system here. There's a there's a foundation building, um, and then you get these like you know pinnacles like Black Star and and No Surprises and um, Black Star is another song I would have made a, a single if it wasn't yeah and uh, No it's Surprises great. was I believe. No Surprises was, yep. No Surprises is, is what kind of made it, uh, you know, that was your letdown single, basically. Mm-hmm. And I also think Black Star is kind of the marriage of um, big Radiohead rock music and, you know, the um, Tom York's uh, sensitive vocal. Um, yep. Yeah, Black Star has, like, it's a love song, you know, to me. It's a... It's a pretty personal sounding track too i think and uh but yeah vocally too like i said earlier this is the time where he totally i mean i I think he certainly soared on songs like creep and stuff like that but there had to have been you know a lot of self-consciousness and then fame was sort of a a shock to their system i think a little bit um like it is to a lot of people but like uh yeah i think here is just confident black star is a confident song it's the it's the first soaring vocal that's optimistic yeah yep that they did. I mean, even going back to Creep, which I like more than you do, um, there's, you know, it's a self-loathing song. Um, you yeah. Know, just as a revenge song. Um, and uh, The Benz is a, you know, kind of a woe is us song. But Black Star is actually kind of a happier song. And again, oddly enough, it kind of comes in the package of that. There's a there's a bit of an exhaustion factor on the vocal yep. as well, which you know. So he does soar, but it does it feels put upon, and um, you know maybe a little uh, fraught with um, fear that things aren't going to work out. Uh, and this is my deep reading into the uh, psyche to, of Tom York. So, well, I was going to say too, and I, I know we're, we're probably going longer than we meant to on this, and we'll speed it up a little bit. But like. Um, you know, at the same time in America, you had Jeff Tweedy, right, kind of coming into his own, and there was a lot of comparisons of the bands at the time, especially at OK Computer, and, and you know, later on, Kid A and, and Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, and I, I think there are two bands that, that have nothing in common other than they're really, like, ambitious rock bands, right? Very um, good writers. But, and yeah, very good songwriters with, with yeah, I was going to say, but also with unexpectedness there. So you had, you know, being there at the same time as the Benz, being kind of or right around the same time as unexpected after AM, just like Pablo Honey. And then you had Summer Teeth, which I think too kind of mirrored a sound with some lyrics that were, were definitely in a different direction, you know, songs like Via Chicago and things like that are shot in the arm. Um, and and both bands were taking sonic steps that I think kind of changed. And, and this is a time where, you know, rock critics, I always say like, you know, or the baby boomer culture where you're sort of looking for the blood on the tracks always, you know, desperately or the the kind of dark side of the moon, right? You know, those types of things where something has to have like this yeah, the kind seismic of impact. Shift. And, and I think I think that's something that if you're kind of a, a more recent listener or, or you know, just even four years after this time, you didn't get, you know, like we wanted, I think, deep down these to be as important as those albums because we were needing our own generation to have something like that. And I don't think people need that now, you know, does that make sense or, or am yeah, I no, totally it does, off? but like, I, I don't think, I, I don't think, um, you know, I think there's still a, a thirst for that. I just don't think it, you know, we were definitely 
raised on that myth of Woodstock and myth of, uh, you know, to whatever degree. I'm yeah, you and Christian touched Bob on Dunn it a little is. bit last. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but um, he was brought up on the myth of the Pixies, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that they were big. Um, and uh, so, you know, there was, there, yeah, you're right. It was still uh, boomer controlled. And uh, ironically, OK Boomer is a riff on OK Computer. So, um, yeah. I think that's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it was, we, we were looking for, you know, we were looking for people to take this stuff seriously because it was pretty great. Agreed. Um, should we bang out a quick track or just get through yes. the last couple? Little, little Black Star. We... Yeah, let's do it. All right, thanks, Daniel. two and i have no idea what the medal count is here uh we're doing this during the summer olympics so thus the the strained yeah we've got a lot of golds a couple silvers and bronze yeah we're basically uh, clean we're basically cleaning house (laughs) yeah yeah fuck the russians um the next uh track in uh, the bends is sulk and the next track on okay computer is lucky which was again that was the uh the single that I that I always thought shouldn't have been a single, um, and "Sulk" is another song like "Black Star," where um, it I was probably late later to embracing it, but it's one of my favorites now. Yeah, I was gonna say actually the the end of um, Ben's and this was sort of CD culture as you were mentioning, where it was like the first time you could skip shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so initially it was like I'm gonna skip every song and listen to Just and Fake Plastic Trees, or you know. And, yeah. And because you ended up sort of um, weirdly kind of similar to, to streaming now, like getting very single heavy early on albums. It's another one that kind of like once I, and I play these albums all the way through constantly now and they're best listened that way. Yeah, it ends really strong. And I agree. Sulk's kind of an underrated, um, really great Radiohead song. And uh, I think kind of probably sums up the band in a weird way, you know? Sometimes you um, although sometimes to you your don't. point live Tom York is like a uh, you can tell that guy drinks a lot of green shakes and you know takes Zumba classes because he's uh, very fit and has a ton of fucking energy mm-hmm. yeah Sulk is a great um, you know it's a great album track I think um, it it soars again it again it's called Sulk so it's uh, which is almost you know 
which is like Morrissey writing a song called I Hate Myself. Um, you know, it just, <laughs> yeah, we get it. Um, but it's still, it's, it's a great soaring chorus and it is uh, a great uh, music track. Lucky, I, I, I like, I really like it. It's a great moody piece. Um, I love the guitar on it. Um, and I like the, the moody sort of uh, atmospherics, you know, track on it um but i i like salt better totally i agree and then all right we end final with street spirit fade out was also a single i remember a video for that unless i'm totally off but um which is likely sometimes but i'm almost positive street spirit sounds like the end of an album yeah i I was (laughs) gonna say i think it's like a great closer and and you know hence in parentheses fade out you know it's like they knew it's almost like they sort of knew this was the end of the record and they put it there for a reason and the tourist is a fantastic coda to an album it's also a good closer it both songs I feel like alert you to the fact that you're done listening to this thing yeah and uh so if we take the the judges scorecards I think you know I'm going to say, and, and uh, the Benz has, like I said, like a middle section, all, pretty much, you know, very strong middle section, uh, then some real kind of like last effort, uh, solid blows towards the end there with Black Star, Myron Lung, Bulletproof, uh, I'm sorry, Sulk, and, uh, and I think the, the high knockout punches on OK Computer are, are, are pretty great. I listened to both all the way through. And um, I'm a staunch defender of the Benz as, as being kind of like, it was my intro to the band. I, I tend to lean into intros, you know, sort of the B-1000 yeah. Million Lanes or Slant and Enchanted and, and those types of things. I got to say, OK Computer is probably more important album and, and just the scope of music and where this band ends up today. Um, I'm, you know, also a big fan of what comes after, you know, I'm loving Rainbows. I like Kid A quite a bit. Um I think OK Computer is probably their best record, but I, I like the Benz. I really do. And I tend to like just pop it on more start to finish. I have OK Computer on vinyl. I love it. But there are some kind of like uh, just a little bit of tracks that I, I don't mind. They're great in context and listening all the way through, but they just don't do much for me where I feel like the Benz has more that like just kind of flows the whole way through and you don't really need to like get bored. Yeah, I think the Benz is more consistent, and the OK Computer is more art of a of an artistic uh, achievement. What yeah, I'd, and I'll I'm take gonna, like Let Down or, or some of those songs over anything. Like I said, their their highs are so high on that album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Benz is a better rock record, and OK yeah. Computer might be a better is you know it. You know, it's a top three album of all time for me. So it's you know. Kind yeah, of like if I had to put these things in a vault for the uh, you know paranoid android that makes its way to Earth, probably gonna leave OK Computer there. You know, just as an artistic statement. Over the well, minds, but, I, I will say this in the in the grand scheme of 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 little things that you do that are only for yourself and nobody else in the world would give a shit. Um, I always play OK Computer anytime I have a new sound system of any kind. Whether it's yeah, a new car, whether it's a new, you know, Sonos unit, whether it's a 
Bose box, you know, back in the day. Uh, OK Computer is always the first record I play. So uh, I'm calling it a draw because I love both of them. But, uh, you know, there you go. All right. Well, that is a very uh, unsatisfying and, conclusion to a fantastic yeah, fight. Well, I think all of ours, all of ours, end up that way. But uh, it's hard to uh, beat up yourself, right? Yeah. Or it's not hard to do that mentally, but it's hard to do it physically. No, this is a I band mean, that that's that been. And Tom York's been doing it. For yeah, this is a band that's made a career out of it. <laughs> so anyway, um, you want to you want to well, take a quick break and come back and end this how we always end it? Let's do it. So when uh, we're back, brother, 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 after, you know, just, you know, a lot of self-reflection and uh, misery and, and, you know, joy and, and beating ourselves up, going through the bends and, and OK Computer um, and sort of laying the groundwork for, for what is today one of the most beloved bands, Radiohead. Let's, uh, let's talk about what, what we always talk about. What are you listening to? Um... Wow, I was really caught off guard by that. I'm actually not. Um, I'm listening to, I'm watching White Lotus, as we've talked about. I am reading Country by uh, Nick Toshis, um, a book that I read ages ago but am rereading. And I'm trying to figure out a good excuse to go to the movies, but the world isn't providing me one. Yeah, that's a that's a dry area. You're not you're not sold on the the green night. <laughs> yeah, and live music is um, back, so um, it's it's funny. I flipped on. Actually, I did watch a bit of Lollapalooza over the weekend. Hulu streamed it, which I think is. Uh, I really like that idea of streaming these festivals because um, you know I tuned in a couple times over the weekend and just found myself more glued than I thought. And um, I uh, I flipped on Modest Mouse. Uh, the other day, and lo and behold, a friend of ours and uh, 
um, responsible for the our, our composer theme of our theme way. music, uh, Simon O'Connor, is now in Modest Mouse, which is very cool. Um, yeah. That will be my first concert, our first concert, going back uh, into the world uh, this Friday. We're going to see Modest Mouse uh, starring Simon O'Connor. Yeah, very excited for our friend in front of the pod and uh, touring guitarist now for Modest Mouse. Um, and yeah, so um, I'm going to just talk about what I've been listening to. I actually went on a little Modest Mouse kick last night and listened to their new album um, based on, you know, it's good. Being I like it. Friday night to, to see. Yeah, it is really good. And, uh, you know, I just forgot, like, again, it, it, you know, speaking of Radiohead, this is a band that sort of ascended a you know, similar timing or and my life at least and a little bit younger than, than Radiohead but uh, but definitely kind of hit some peaks and, and you know just a band that was kind of really important to me in my early 20s and, and still um, can go back to and, and still put out really good stuff so that was kind of fun to just go through a Modest Mouse time warp last night and I'm really excited for the show Friday um, and uh, and yeah aside from that I, uh, I too have been watching White Lotus and I know we've talked to, you guys talked about that last week so I'm not going to go into detail just Fucking love it. That's all I'm going to say. And uh, I made the mistake of, of um, you know, I'm just going to knock us all. We, we all sort of enjoyed the first season of Ted Lasso, as did, you know, apparently a lot of other people, rightfully so. It's, it's a cute kind of funny um, show. And, you know, not that we generally lean into cute and funny, but it's just it was very likable. And uh, I think Christian sort of timidly came out last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we agree or you guys agreed on it. Um, all of that, like, kept it from, from the hatred that I sort of wanted to have for it, but just couldn't bring myself to as I've, I've uh, you know, gotten into a, a, a need for optimism, right? Um, especially over the last year. Uh, just came crashing down with seasons one, or episodes one and two on <laughs> Apple TV. <laughs> and it's um, everything that, like, the show could have done wrong, season one, and, and sort of teetered on the edge of doing wrong, but maintained kind of an innocence that I liked. Um, is now in your face and like, um, you know, like a puppy licking you um, and, and peeing on you at the same time. It, it sucks. And so um, I'm just going to say I'm done. And, uh, you know, I was ready to, to trust my gut both times. Um, but that said, uh, yeah, I, uh, that's what I've been kind of into. Um, I obviously went through a Radiohead kick as well. And, uh, you know, I've been actually on kind of a 90s run, and we were texting back and forth. I've been listening to a lot of Built to Spill, and and um, I've been, you know, record collecting since the pandemic, and so I, you know, I ended up with B-1000 and, and uh, Keep It Like a Secret, which are two of my favorite start-to-finish albums, two very important records in my sort of teens and 20s, and, and so, yeah, kind of really been retroing it up and, uh, and enjoying it. Yeah, I've been having a difficult time finding new, new stuff. I did listen, to, I give a spin to the new Billie Eilish yesterday, which, you know, I like, but isn't that going to be on my, you know, frequently played list. It's, it's really I good. I think I called that on things we're looking forward to, by the way. Yeah, I, I think it's really good. Um, but again, yeah, it's, I didn't not, love it, it's yeah. not a, something I'm going to listen to a lot, probably. Um, but I'm happy that she was able to follow up a very good first album with a very good second album, because... Um, you know, she's someone you root for, kind of. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you want to put a song on the playlist? I do, yeah. I'm kind of like, <clears throat> I have a bunch swirling through my head. I might have to do two, I don't know. Go for um, it. Um, actually, can you go first if you have them? Yeah. Can I punt? All right, go for it. 
I'm actually going to stick to the, today's theme and go with, uh, is Let Down on there? No. Good. Black Star and Let Down. Fantastic. I was actually going to do a Radiohead as well, and you nailed one of my two, and I, uh, I'm going to actually now jump to somebody else. Um, we don't have any Bowie on there, do we? Not a lot. Um, I'm going to go with, is it, uh, what the fuck is, is it Queen? Queen, Queen Bitch. Uh, Queen Bitch, yeah. Uh, I don't know how that didn't get on there. It, if it and, is, uh, then give us a backup. Yeah, I don't think it is, actually. I don't think we have any Bowies, but I'm going to go two. And then the um, the second one that I'm going to do is going to be... Oh, shit. Um, I had a couple in my head, and now I'm, I'm a little... Hold on, give me a second to think here. I apologize, everybody. Queen Bitch, and then I'm going to do Miss Jackson Outcast. Nice. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Um, I will, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Let's, uh, we'll wrap this All up. Right. And I'll talk to you soon, and uh, enjoy the week, and I will see you Friday night for Modest Mouse. Sounds good. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall, and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.